Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. In his very short letter, Jude warns us of three errors. We're taking a look at them here today on Times of Refreshing. Join us. From the well, a Christian community in Livermore, California, this is Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. We're in the book of Jude, that small little book just before Revelation there at the end of the New Testament. And here in verse 11, we have a warning from Jude, a threefold warning, if you will. We're looking at the way of Cain and the warning that Jude has about avoiding this way and what it looks like. Please join us as we examine this warning together that we might grow in grace. Here now with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing, once again, our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. Having experienced this, having done a bunch of good stuff before I knew God, but I but been in find out that, wait a minute, I was doing all that stuff not to be a blessing so much to people, but to make my own self feel good. self Righteousness is deadly. And Cain gets into this situation where he's trying to offer God something that God's not even asking for from him. Although it might have been good. And so it says here in verse 7, he says, If you do well, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and is desirous for you, but you shall rule over it. But this is the key, and this is really what Jude was hitting here. Verse 8. Now Cain talked with his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and he did what? The Bible says he killed him. So Cain goes from a position where he's experienced rejection, anger, sorrow, refuses to respond to God's demands and doing it the way that God wanted him to do it, then the next thing you know, jealousy and envy set in. Write it down. Jealousy and envy set in. Because this is what happens. Light makes manifest the things of darkness. This is one of the main reasons why you get around people who are just religious and they see you having a great walk with Christ and enjoying yourself and, and just having a blast. They tend to get upset at you. It doesn't take all that. Who you think you are? Better than me? You holier than thou now? Oh, there you go to church again. Because they just came from the club last night and you're not going to the club. You're trying to walk with Christ, but you're shining a light on what they're doing. So what happens? Jealousy and envy begins to set in in Cain's life. Why? Because Abel has done what is proper and right, and he is doing something that is wrong, and he knows that he can't get to God, so he'll try to target God's affections towards Abel. Think about what I'm saying. 
I'm going to take him out so I don't feel as bad as, about myself as I once did. And this is how it happens. Envy, jealousy sets in. Jealousy and envy sees the good in another person with a desire to have it and will take them out if necessary to obtain it. That's what jealousy does. You know, the Bible says jealousy is as cruel as the grave. It causes people to go beyond. And so what happens here is the same thing that we have to watch out for. We have to make sure, number one, saints, that we don't allow rejection to overtake us. Study your Bible. Find out what is acceptable to the Lord. It is all through Christ. Christ wants us to work through him. We have to learn to be obedient to God and stop trying to impress God with your goodness. Impress God with your obedience. And then when the goodness begins to flow through you, people will give God the glory and not you. Can I have an amen in here? This is what we should do. And so what happens is, number one, we have to overcome when it comes to this feeling of rejected and find out what it is. God wants to accept us, but understand that he's not accepting anything that does not come under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ so that he gets all the glory. I don't care how good we're doing. We want to make sure that we're aligning ourselves with God. We're being obedient and our goodness is flowing from a a point of obedience to God. So we overcome rejection. Number two, we cannot allow anger to get the best of us. Number three, we got to cast off depression and sorrow of heart. And then number four, we have to make sure that we allow God to free our hearts from jealousy and envy. Saints, listen to me. God has something specifically for you. Stop worrying about what everybody else has. It's not for you. It's not for you. Embrace what God has for you. It may not be the big blam, wham, blow up, ah, I'm all over worldwide. Whoa. It may be that you're just a stay-at-home mom being faithful to raise up the next Billy Graham. You don't know. But we have to make sure that we overcome this rejection because God doesn't want our hearts to be filled with jealousy and envy. Because a lot of times, watch this. Individuals like this, obviously, in the church, people aren't going to kill you with a knife and a sword, but they'll kill you with this sword. I don't know about them. I'm not feeling them. Woo, she sang that song. Oh, it was all right. Woo, she was singing, was she? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Man, that woman laid hands on me and the power of God hit me. Man, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, but, mm, mm, yeah. Yeah, I saw her, though. You know what I mean? Her hair was wrong, though. (laughs) Man, that brother, man, he prophesied over me yet. I don't like that brother. I mean, he's all right. He's good. Oh, Lord, forgive me. He's good. He's good. (laughs) Saints, listen to me. What happens is this jealousy will come out through people's mouth. And we're not killing people with our hands. We're killing people with our tongues. Why? Because we don't feel accepted. We don't feel right with God. We don't feel comfortable. We don't feel secure. Can I have an amen in here? So we start tearing people up. Talking about them. Always trying to bring them down. Tear people down. 
Why? Because I don't feel secure. When you find people like this that always find fault with every little thing, you got to find and say, oh, oh, this person is going in the way of Cain. They're going in the way of Cain. I've been talking to this person the last five weeks, and they always, you know, they're doing good stuff, but they're still not happy. And then they turn around, and every time somebody else is doing good, they're always bringing them down. Something's going on wrong. I want to, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some ammunition here. They've gone, they're going in the way of Cain. You find this. Jealousy and envy always does that. It gets a person where they start chopping people up all the time, finding fault. If you're around people and they're always finding fault with something, you got to watch it. Finding fault with this ministry, finding fault with that church, finding fault with that pastor, always finding fault, fault on the job, fault in the home. If you're a spouse and you're always got fault with your spouse, what does she do? Well, she did this, she did that, she did that, well, she did this, she did this, she did that. Well, did you do anything? Mm, no, I don't think I did. I, I don't think I did nothing. <laughs> I've been doing this for a long time, y'all. <laughs> I didn't do nothing. What do you mean you didn't do nothing? No, no, I didn't do nothing. The Lord is my... Oh, didn't you feel that? The anointing. I, the anointing's on me. I, I didn't do anything. I never do anything. Well, that's, well a lot of times, uh, uh, even in your home, you can be jealous of your spouse because they got joy. The Holy Ghost is walking with them. They walk in the door and you feel the anointing when they walk in and you're sitting there saying, well, why don't I feel good? Well, if you do good, then you can be accepted too. Find out what's pleasing to the Lord and do it. Saints, don't try to change. We, we get, we're always trying to change our spouse and make them, make them grumpy like us. Enjoy the ride with them. If they got the joy, I want to find out what you're doing so I can get some of that. And I can get accepted and we can have acceptance in the house. Amen. People have gone in the way of Cain, jealousy, envy, but it all starts with rejection. To the point now, brothers and sisters, husbands and wives, kids with mothers and fathers, they're killing each other with their tongues. And I want to close by showing you a very powerful description of this so that we understand, saints, how important it is that we don't go down this road. If you are always experiencing rejection you have to stop and ask yourself am i right with god if you're if you're envying people and you're jealous over people a lot of that comes because you're not feeling you're feeling rejected and we have to make sure that we don't allow ourselves to get to this place and by the power of god we're going to stay free from this as individuals as a church as couples we want to teach our kids to rejoice in the blessing of other kids. If they're playing sports or they're in life or in their classroom and maybe they're not as good as the, the, the best ones, don't come along as, well, Johnny, he did good. How did you do, son? Well, I did, I did okay. I did pretty good. Well, how did that other kid? He did, he did really good. Well, you know, don't worry about him because, you know, your, your score, see, the, the teacher's just giving them favoritism. What does that do to the kid? We're sowing seeds in the kid. And say, man, did you tell that kid congratulations for what he did? And man, if we need to work with you, then we're... I'm ministering right now. It's getting real quiet up in here. 
Help that kid out. Praise God. Pray for him. Oh, man, Johnny, you fumbled three times, but the kid scored two touchdowns. Are you okay? No, I'm not feeling too good. Well, don't worry about it. The coach just likes him more than you. The line didn't block as well as they did for, for you than they did for him. You know how we do it. Instead of just saying, you know, Johnny, you messed up. You fumbled. Don't blame it on the line. You know what I mean? Johnny, I'm not going to protect you. You fumble, man. Now, did you tell that other kid congratulations? Because we don't want any cane in you. Watch this. This is powerful. Go to Matthew chapter 27. We're going to end with this. We've got about 10 minutes. We're going to end with this. I'm going to show you a picture of this. Matthew chapter 27, verse 15, on down to 26. Jesus has just been turned over to Pontius Pilate. And as we get down in here in verse 15, it says, Now at the feast of the governor was a custom. Now at the feast the governor was accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want? Me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ. For he knew that they had handed him over because of what? Now remember, Jesus had come to this religious system. He is a picture of Abel. He has done what is right in obedience to the Father. He is accepted. He goes around doing good, healing all who are oppressed by the devil. For God was with them. God our Father had anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went around doing good. But he wasn't doing good by his own power and his own strength and according to his own will. He was subjected to the Father's will. And he went around doing good. In, this, in the religious system of this day, the Pharisees... The Sadducees, those who looked good on the outside, but they weren't good on the inside. Their motivation was bad. They were doing things to be seen of men and not to be seen of God. They weren't doing things in obedience to God. He comes on the scene and he becomes a light in the midst of darkness. You have true righteousness versus self-righteousness. And he begins to expose their self-righteousness. But instead of them saying, what is it that Jesus is doing to get this effect? What they said is, we don't like the crowds. We don't like the applause. We don't like everything he's doing. So what we want to do is find a way to trip him up to make him look bad in front of everybody else. When that doesn't work, Because they're being fueled or motivated now by envy. Man, I'm just feeling this. They're being motivated and moved by envy. Now, what happens? We see that they begin to turn him over. And ultimately, they just want to kill him. No different than what Cain did to Abel. To Abel. It says here, 
It says in verse 18, for he knew that they had handed him over because of envy. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him saying, have nothing to do with this just man. For I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy who? Jesus. We want to destroy him. It's no difference between Cain and Abel. I want to take him out because he's shining too much light and he's doing what's right in the sight of God and it's making me look bad. Saints, this is what happens. We can't go in the way of Cain. Destroying people because it makes us look like. Now, let me say this before I go any further. Understand, hey, there's things that are wrong and we need to talk about things that are wrong that people are doing. Just because you say something, somebody's doing something wrong doesn't mean that you're envious of them. Okay, because we need to. Our job is to make sure that we, you know, we're watchful and we do speak against things that aren't right from a biblical standpoint. That's our job. That's that's what we should be doing. We the Bible tells us to warn, to warn you as a leader. My job is to warn you about things that could destroy you from a spiritual standpoint. But understand that even when you have a corrective element or aspect of what you're bringing to the church in terms of telling people about something that's wrong, there should also be a redemptive element to what you're saying. Okay? We, do, we don't just throw people under the bus without having, having, without having a, a redemptive heart for what we're seeing. Someone's fornicating in the church, someone's lying, or stealing or cussing or doing something crazy. We just don't look over it and say, oh, well, I don't want to be envious. Oh, you say that's wrong. But let's get it right. Just like God said. He didn't accept him while he was doing foolishness. He said, but if you do well, will you not be accepted? So there's a redemptive element to what we do. Do right, God, and you'll be fine. And so, in this particular situation, we see very clearly here, these individuals, the Bible says that even this unbeliever said that Jesus was a just man. And that God had warned her in the night. It says here, in verse 20, But the chief priest and the elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. You have to watch it because this type of mindset, this way of Cain, it can become contagious. Envy, jealousy, rejection. It's amazing how rejected people tend to hang around with rejected people. And when rejected people end up hanging around rejected people, you know that's how cults get started. Nobody likes us. Nobody likes us. We got to come over here, do our own thing. Nobody, everybody hates us. Then they come up with their own rules and laws and standards, and then we got our own thing. And next thing you know, you have David Koresh, who it all started because he got rejected in the church because somebody didn't accept his teachings. Then he gathered a bunch of other individuals, and then we have what we have. So understand, saints, that when it comes to this, we have to make sure that we get this out of our hearts. He says, the governor answered, verse 21, and said to them, which of the two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, what then shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said to him, let him be crucified. Then the governor said, why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all the more saying, let him be crucified. 
When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult was arising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. And all the people answered and said, look at this, his blood be on us and upon our children. I want to stop here just for a minute and preach this. Because what happens with the way of Cain, understand that you can be cutting off a generational blessing that God wants to release to your seed. Do you know that if you read down in Genesis chapter 4 that God cursed Cain? And generations that came through Cain were affected by his decision. And sometimes I don't think that we understand that when we start putting our mouth on people or we start lying, I'm not talking about stuff that's true. I'm talking about when we go out of our way because our motivation is jealousy and envy and we start doing things, you don't know that you could be setting in motion something that could affect generations to come. And we have to be mindful and watchful of this. They spoke a curse. They released a curse over themselves. And then he says they're children. He says in verse 26, Then he released Barabbas to them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Saints, Jude was hitting something that all of us have to be mindful of as we're growing, as we're maturing in Christ. And I think it's something that sometimes is often overlooked. You don't hear a lot of preaching on jealousy. You don't hear a lot of preaching on envy or rejection, things of that nature. In this church, we try to do a good job of it because we understand what it can produce in a person's life. Saints, allow yourself through your obedience just to what Christ is asking to to embrace acceptance. Stop measuring yourself by the person that's sitting next to you or by the person that's on the stage or who seems to have it all together on your job. People, at the end of the day, are, we're going to be rewarded for our obedience to Christ, our works done through obedience to Christ, not just by us doing great things. Every single one of you is on a personal journey with God. There are points along the way that he wants you to hit. And you hitting them, the points have nothing to do with anybody else outside of you. It's a simple matter of obedience. Are you doing what God asked you to do? You'll be rewarded for your obedience. He said, Lord, didn't we heal the sick? Didn't we cast out devils? Didn't we travel to sea? Didn't we do all those things? Jesus said, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. What's he saying? You're doing a lot of stuff. I never even told you to do that. And then you're trying to bring it into my face. Is that I'm going to accept all of the works of your hands. But it's what you th- do through the blood of Christ. That is going to be accepted. And I want to say this in closing. It's a Christian. You don't do good works to receive approval. You do good works because you have received approval. Now, understand, Christ has given you access. Christ has given you power and authority. Now do what you do through Christ, not trying. Listen, I'm accepted based on my relationship with Christ. And I will continue 
to walk in favor in the power of God to the degree that when God says go left, I go left. When God says go right, I go right. When he says I want you to get on a plane and go to Peru and, and, and I'm tired and I don't feel like it. But he says go. I said, well, you want me to go? Yeah, yeah go, okay. And God says I want you to preach this message right here. I said, well, I don't feel like preaching on that. I want to preach on something else. God says, no, I want you to preach that. I said, okay, I'll preach that. And you know what? I could come in here and preach another message. People be in here shouting. But you know what? That doesn't mean that God is happy. Because I don't want God just to accept my works and my offering. I want him to accept me. And through Christ, I took the, the first step. Now, I want to be obedient. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Saints, every single one of us today, let's just take a look at ourselves. Are we just being doing what we want to do, being self-righteous? Are we really saying, God, I want to present to you not what I produce with my own hands, but I want you to produce some bloods, a blood sacrifice, which came through Christ. God, receive it as I give it to you in obedience. Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of The Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925 925- 292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net. On our website, you can also click on the link to access our page on Facebook or search for The Well Christian Community while you're on Facebook. You can also follow Pastor on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word. And then we would invite you to join us again next time as we continue our studies in God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life, and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding.